Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. stuff coming up in a bit we'll get to um this half hour we'll get to a, a a farmer who got his leg caught in a piece of machinery oh it's uh, it's interesting Why? you won't forget listening to it i'm not sure it's for everyone i won't spring it upon you i'll give you a little warning before we play it but that's later this half hour a quick uh, comment from Carrie here via a mailbag uh, the mailbag uh, a what a mail mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com uh, she, I believe it's a she, points out um, we got one thing wrong discussing the Apple case, the Apple store case, the 30% commission fee. She points out that that it's not only the price of the app, but all fees you pay to that app from here on out, Apple takes 30%. So if you buy a book, as I often do through my Nook app, they get 30% of that. And, uh, and you know, there are questions of monopoly power and that sort of thing. So, and, you know, accuracy is my hallmark, so I wanted to point that out. I find I did not know that. Thank did we discuss for... the judge breakdown on that voting? Uh, no. How it was Kavanaugh and the four liberal judges were the five to four? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I haven't read that much about this one. But... And, and it's interesting because the day that ruling came out, there was an article on the front page of the USA Today about how Kavanaugh and Gorsuch are two... Everybody thought they'd be the same. You know, Trump chose them both and was hoping for the same sorts of guy. Mm-hmm. They went to the same high school and college. Of course. Um, there are only three colleges we can get justices from. And apparently only a couple of high schools even. But uh, they've turned out to be quite different in the way that they vote, mm-hmm. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really hard for presidents to predict how judges are going to turn out. Yeah. Now, I haven't read the ruling on this, whether or not it's conservative enough or liberal enough. I don't have any idea on that, but mm-hmm. Kavanaugh and Gorsuch have turned out to be different votes on a lot of stuff. So, listen, uh, one of our favorite things to do is talk about the West Coast bum explosion, partly because, you know, we have many, many listeners around the Western U.S., uh, and also because the policies that led to it are gaining traction in cities all across America. The super progressive idea that, well, it's all about concern, and these people, they're only homeless because of Trump's America and the high prices, and and uh, being a junkie isn't a crime. We need to help these people, not prosecute them. And, and indeed, the very uh, like uh, decriminalizing of crime has caught on in West Coast cities. You can commit crime after crime after crime after crime, and as long as it's below like $1,000, or nobody goes to the hospital, you're fine. You can just keep doing it. And these policies are disastrous and and are getting more disastrous, and we want to let you know about that. Uh, So a couple of stories from uh, beautiful San Francisco, uh, one of the great cities on Earth, and increasingly dangerous and poop-smeared and disgusting. Uh, A great column in the big paper in San Francisco, the Chronicle, by Phil Mateer, who's a terrific journalist, but... He says, when it comes to open drug dealing, it's hard to beat San Francisco's tenderloin, 
where more than half of the city's drug arrests occurred last year. According to a recent report, 56% of the 883 people arrested or cited citywide for drug sales. Uh, 18 were busted. It's by far the highest uh, percentage. But he mentions that you can do a big bust, somebody you've busted over and over again, and they are out in the afternoon. There is a revolving door for this big group group of drug dealers who work in shifts to keep their areas open 24 hours a day. We're talking hard drugs, needle drugs. Don't buy the whole, oh, they're busting people for a single joint. No, no. No, no, they're not. They can just buy those now with a receipt. Right, exactly, and it's tax deductible. Um, and and a lot of them are, are gang members and really bad people, but there's just a revolving door. Um, they mentioned that prosecutors say it takes an average of 244 days, about eight months, for a felony like selling drugs to make its way through the court. Often it's not the suspected dealers are released by a judge pending the outcome of their cases. They have no room for them. So they just head back to the tenderloin and start selling drugs again. Well, that homeless guy that approached my family and started screaming, I'm going to kill and rape you and your kids, and my kids were crying and blah, blah, blah. It was one of the worst things that's ever happened in my life, Um, and certainly the scariest thing that's ever happened in my life. That guy, that when they finally found him, the, the prosecutor told me that he'll be out tomorrow. I thought, you can walk up to people and threaten to kill and rape their children as a homeless guy, crazy guy, right. and you and nothing happens to you? Yeah. Nope. Well, the, to oh, okay. the, the capital... And you see, the problem is sometimes they actually then follow through on that. Right. Right. And as it turns out, that guy had. He committed terrible acts, right? Yeah. So, uh, also, the capital, Cal Unicornia, Sacramento, has had their uh, aggressive panhandling law uh, overturned by a judge. And, and Sacramento is as left as it gets. It's a big government town, and, and, and there are just huge numbers of lefties, very progressive city. And even Sacto had to say, all right, look, we can't have these aggressive bums and junkies freaking people out, scaring them at ATMs and threatening and the rest of it. Well, a judge said, no, you got to let them do that. So, again, the, the bizarro Cal Unicornian principles are coming to a city near you. I urge you to stop them immediately to nip them in the bud. One more quick story from San Francisco. There's this public defender. His name is Jeff Adachi. He passed away. And... and and the how of it, I don't want to get off on the tangent, but evidently there's uh, there's controversy, there's really interesting information, because this guy was a super progressive champion. Everybody was trying to keep stuff quiet in that super progressive city. Well, this journalist, this videographer, he gets a hold of a report, and he, uh, he furnishes news stations uh, the information, and there's a police raid on his home. This guy's a journalist. Okay, and he didn't do anything. It would appear illegal, but so they raided his home and 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 are persecuting him all. And the great progressive activists who who bitch about Trump all the time, to my mind, properly, honestly, his demonizing the press. I mean, you can criticize the press without demonizing. But anyway, so the enemy of the people, Joe. They're not the enemy of the people. They may be jerks, but they're not. Anyway, um. The great progressives of the city council said nothing about the police raiding a journalist because they resented him spilling the beans on their great hero. So their principles were quickly shoved under the desk and put away the minute it was one of theirs targeted. It's just enormous hypocrisy and cowardice. Um, And this one uh, council lame-o said... 
well, tried to justify it, and then finally walked back her statement. The truth is, I'm not a legal expert. Given the current political climate at the national level, I understand that freedom of the press is a sensitive issue and why there are concerns about my statement. But she did not say she had been wrong or apologize. So, again, they will scream at you. They will run you out of your, out of your job. They will end your career as a professor or what have you. Uh, because you run slightly afoul of their great principles, then the minute they're inconvenient, into the closet they go. Nice job. Way to cover yourself with glory. Sons of guns, huh? Sorry to use such strong language. Um, Yeah, that's funny. I heard something. Who was it? Somebody talking about... They were talking about Bill de Blasio, who is supposedly going to announce this week whether or not he's running for president. He's the mayor of New York. And you got the guy from Montana that got in yesterday, uh-huh. so then I'd bring us up to like 24. But uh, anyway, his his big thing is climate change and the environment, and it was being pointed out that in so many of these cities where the city council and the mayors pass various resolutions about climate change and boycotts and this, their cities are filthy and disgusting. Mm. So you care about the environment. You, carry, you care about the globe and its heat, and you want to pass a resolution with your city council that does nothing about that. But if you look out your window, you'll see disgusting filth everywhere ah. that your own citizens are walking around in. Yeah. That's the environment. That's, yeah. that's my immediate my immediate environment includes needles, drugs, and human poo with disease in it. Right. And you don't seem to be concerned about that. If it was clean poo, you'd be okay with that? Just a point of order? Uh, no. But it's okay. even worse than your regular poo. Right. Agreed. Yeah. It's extra poopy. Uh, you know, Bill was the guy who pledged... The, to retrofit every building in New York uh, and make it green and, and no buildings could be made with windows anymore because then you have to air condition them and and just absolutely Looney Tunes stuff. I, some, somebody calculated cost trillions of dollars and take 75 years or something, but oh well. Um, did you watch? Got him some headlines. Did you watch this week's Game of Thrones yet? Not yet. My beloved daughter's home, and we're we're not tubing. Is we're she into the, Is she into the show? No. Oh, okay, she's not into. No, it. her boyfriend is, but she hasn't gotten into it, which is interesting. At, at least that's my recollection. Sorry, honey, if that's inaccurate. Reason to break up, if you ask me. The final episode is this Sunday. Are you aware of that? Yes, the I end had is heard that. This yes. Sunday. Yes, we'll be watching. Uh, yes. So you're going to get caught up before then, so you yeah. can watch it live, I assume. Yeah, after we drop her off at the airport, straight to the tube to stare at it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's you know it's going to be a big deal. Um, oh, yeah. And there's an article in USA Today about how just how giant Game of Thrones is, particularly with your 18 to 49 crowd, which for some reason for TV is the key demographic. And uh, and, and just beyond the show ratings itself, the memes and the, the amount that people follow the various stars and their Twitter accounts and the... YouTube videos and songs and all kinds of right. crap, the spinoff stuff from Game of Thrones. Oh, and T-shirts, swag. Judy was showing me she was flipping through the Facebook the other day, and just tons of, of Game of Thrones swag, authorized and unauthorized, available. Yeah, when I was at Target the other day buying my cheap T-shirts, there was like 10 different Game of Thrones T-shirts. I didn't understand what any of them were, but... $5 T-shirts of bands you don't listen to? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not $5, but... So they're 7 <laughs> Not on sale, seven ninety nine. Wow. If you buy bulk, you might be able to get like four for twenty. I'm working like with that. the Rockefellers here. I'm going to wear a five dollar t shirt. <laughs> um, but uh, so I was talking to Sean about this yesterday. Nobody's expecting any great. There's no, there's no giant story like arc to tie to, to tie up with Game of Thrones. The, there's no. For, will they get? Will Ross and Rachel get married? Mm. 
that sort of thing. No, the the big overarching question is who will who will be the final ruler. But I, I feel like that's not necessarily. It's really seemed like the last season and a half they've been just kind of sprinting to get it over with. Uh, a show that was once about slow burns and and you know setups that were one, two, three seasons in the making. Things get figured out, you know, within the next scene, and and people are teleported across the map, and all yeah, of a sudden, one more episode, people. We got to wrap uh, that subplot. We got to wrap it up. How about he gets uh, eaten by a bear? Perfect, great, right on. <laughs> done, done. We got bears in the budget. Okay, bear runs good. out of the woods. All right, there, but that takes care of. Why Prince did the bear run out of? It doesn't matter. Whatever. Just, uh, Why does a chicken cross the road? <laughs> Shut up. Let's keep moving. We're almost done with this, and we all move on with our lives. We all made a lot of money. We're all tired of it. Let's admit it. <laughs> You the bear. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so a farmer gets his foot caught in a piece of machinery. Oh, boy. We the people on this farm. <laughs> this tape is not for everybody coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and from the 60s classic Green Acres, which was a show set on a farm, which will set up some uh, some sound we're going to play for you here in just a moment, if you'll stay tuned. featured a pig, didn't it? Well, I don't know if it featured is uh, is might be overstating, but it did have a pig on the cast. Didn't talk the way that Mr. Alfred, Ed talked, no. right? Okay. No, it was not a talking pig. It was just a man's pet pig. Alfred, I believe, was his name. Um couple of things I wanted to mention before I get to this horrifying, horrifying tape that we're about to play through, <laughs> which it's hard to imagine why you'd want to hear it. Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, uh, on his Twitter feed, recommended a book called The Land of Hope. It's a uh, history book of the United States. We've, had a, we've long had a need for a well-written and appealing history of the United States that does not lose sight of the big picture about our nation's admirable and exceptional history. I'm assuming because... Tim Sanford, Tim the lawyer, uh, tweeted this that he believes this is is that. The book is a refreshing antidote to the plethora of fashionably fractured views of American society and a formidable challenge to Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, the default textbook in so many classrooms across the country. If you're unfamiliar with Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, I remember reading it at some point portions of it. I couldn't stomach it. It's so freaking anti-American. It's so self-hating the United States is the cause of all the world's problems. The fact that it has ended up the de facto textbook in many classrooms across the country for a history book shocks me. I can't even believe it's true, but it is. And now, so this guy, Wilfred M. McClay, has written A Land of Hope that he hopes will uh, make its way into classrooms as a little more balanced account. True. And, and and looking at all angles, but balanced account of our uh, our history. And not just, a, we're so awful, we're the cause of everything bad that's ever happened. Other countries never do this sort of thing. Crap that Howard Zinn's book is, that you're taught in high school and college. Um, here's a clip for you. It's a farmer. He got his foot caught in a, a piece of machinery. It's an auger, I'm assuming, that uh, moves grain, if you know what that is. You, knew. you don't need to know what it is. It's the sort of thing you don't want to get any of your limbs caught in. And this is not the sound of it happening. That would be weird if he had sound of that, like he had his cell phone out or somebody was watching and pushed him into it or something. No, this is him describing it happening. I'm, I I wouldn't recommend everyone listen to this. If you're a little squeamish, you might want to tune out for 30 seconds or so. But it's kind of interesting. 
We were moving corn and taking from one place to the other. But I was in that routine like I always used to do. I didn't think of it, except in the hopper in that little hole. It just sucked my leg in, and, and I was trying to pull it out. And when it first happened, I can remember telling myself, this ain't good. This is not good at all. And I had my pocket knife. I thought, well, the only way I'm getting out of here is cut it off. So I just started sawing on it. When I was cutting it, the nerve endings, I could feel them just ping when I'd start sawing around that pipe. And all at once, it went and let me go. So I got the heck out of there. It is what it is. Make the best of it is all you can do. could have always been worse. I paid the price here of being in a hurry and not paying attention. Farm folk or different folk? That is a different sort of guy who says, it is what it is. I shouldn't have stepped in the hole. We the people on this farm. It is what it is. Yeah, so I'm thinking about another Tiger Woods story. A guy tragically dies in a drunk driving wreck. He's a, he's at Tiger Woods Bar. Tiger Woods own the, owns the bar. He works there. He stays after hours like a lot of people do at bars, gets drunk up, drives home, dies in a, a car. His parents are on TV crying about how awful that is and how Tiger Woods owes them millions of dollars and should be sued because this guy got drunk and killed himself in a drunk driving wreck. That's one way to look at the world and when bad things had happened. This guy steps in a hole, says, I was in a hurry. I made a mistake. Is what it is. I should have known better. Chopped my leg off. He's not suing the auger company that made this or whatever farm this is on because it might not be his place. Somebody owns it. No, not, that's not his thought. thinking. It's I shouldn't have done that. If the owner of the bar wasn't a famous billionaire golfer, do you think there's any chance they, they make these same sort of lawsuits against the... Like, if it was just some sort of, if you know, little corner bar of... Maybe if they didn't have deep pockets, but the if it was a company, a Chili's, an Applebee's or something, they would, right, just because they right, have right. deep pockets. But just a different way of looking yeah. at the world. I made a mistake. I did something stupid, and I paid the price. Or somebody else has to pay for this. Anyway, Marshall's News is coming up next. Uh, give me two words on your news. All right, what's prompted the U.S. warnings about Iran? words. <laughs> that was four or five. Iran, next Iran. on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. When I was cutting at the nerve endings, I could feel them just ping when I'd start sawing around that pipe. And all at once, it went and let me go. So, Wow. No warning on that one. Hey. Yeah, that's a rough one. And he says, well, I shouldn't have stepped in the hole. It is what it is. My fault for being in a hurry. Exactly. <laughs> this is the Armstrong and Getty Show News Now, Marshall Phillips. Well, Jack, you have been demanding answers, and now top leaders in Congress will be receiving a classified briefing on the Middle East as the lawmakers are demanding answers from the White House about Trump's actions toward Iran. Multiple- I'm not suspicious that this is phony or anything like that. I just right. would like to know what's going on. Multiple sources say that the top House and Senate leaders of both parties are going to be briefed by the administration at tomorrow's planned briefing. This coming amid rising tension in the Persian Gulf region over still unspecified threats the Trump administration says are linked to Iran. So by the end of the day tomorrow, enough of the classified briefing should have leaked out so that we will all have a better understanding of what's going on. Okay, That's the way I would think. U.S. now ordering all non-essential government staff that will leave Iraq. The U.S. earlier moved an aircraft carrier and other resources toward the region. And the American Civil Liberties Union plans to sue Alabama if a bill that would ban nearly all abortions becomes law. The Alabama Senate approved the measure. Now Alabama Governor Kay Ivey is expected to sign the bill. 
Supporters of the bill said it's designed to violate Roe v. Wade with the goal of getting to the Supreme Court in hopes of having the conservative majority revisit the high court's landmark 1973 decision. Right. So there were amendments offered up to the to temper it to make it more likely to uh, to um, pass legal muster, but yeah. they wanted it to be the ultimate. Let's challenge Roe versus Wade and see if it's the court still thinks this is a good idea. Right. Now, how far it gets, I don't know. Senator Lindsey Graham, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, is introducing new legislation to deal with the influx of immigrants from Central America that are being apprehended at the southern border. Now, Graham, calling this current situation on the border horrible, said his legislation would slow the flow of people to the southern border. Graham saying his bill would force people to apply for asylum in their home country. No more asylum claims at the U.S. border if you're from Central America. Graham saying we have to have that absolute rule because... No matter how high the wall will be built, no matter how many drones you have, no no matter how many agents you put at the border, they'll keep coming because they want to get caught. Yeah. I understand. So that is his uh, that is his bill. No more asylum to anyone from Central America. The World Health Organization is releasing guidelines for lowering the risk of getting dementia. Apparently, the best way to reduce the risk is follow a healthy lifestyle. That includes exercising regularly, avoiding smoking, overeating, and drinking too much alcohol. And again, they are emphasizing exercise. Once again, exercise, moving around. Yeah, there's so many studies that have been done in recent years that show that exercise is is practically the fountain of youth for your your cells, your muscles, your right. brain, your everything. And, uh, you know, and, and we all ignore it. We're designed, speaking of farmers, we're designed to get physical activity all the time. Right. We're not designed to stop doing that at any point. Your body remains strong for as long as you tell it it needs to be strong. If you are lifting heavy things, if you are out making your body make new cells and breathe and make all the organs, you're, it's, it, it can only be good for you. And it would seem that the mind follows. So when you're, you're the, the, the more physical part of your body, your, your brain is physical, I realize, but um, your mind. Uh, when when you quit, your brain must say, oh, "I guess we're done here." I guess we're done here, and then just so get just ain't good. Get exercise. That's the point. Yeah, that's what the farmer said when he got his foot stuck in the auger. <laughs> this ain't good. This ain't good. <laughs> and then when he when it got pulled off, he just said, "Well, it is what it is." Wow. Got a California company that believes they have created the first bulletproof hoodie. Wonder Hoodie. Oh, my God. Wonder Hoodie founder Vi Tran says the hoodie features layers of Kevlar, which help protect wearers. It disperses the energy through the fabric. So instead of puncturing, it spreads the impact. So you're feeling like a punch. All right. She was inspired, she said, to create the jacket after a former neighbor of hers was shot to death outside her Seattle home during a robbery. Oh, my God. Anyway, she says the hoodies are meant to offer something that's affordable and wearable. Wonder hoodies cost around $600. So society that wears a Kevlar vests and uh, that sort of thing everywhere they go because we're also concerned about being shot. Jeez, we're, we're making ourselves crazy. Right. Hey, one last note. San Francisco's supervisors approved that ban on police using facial recognition technology. San Francisco, the first city in the U.S. with such a restriction. Now, the ban is part of broader oversight legislation that orders San Francisco departments to spell out details of any surveillance currently in use and any surveillance they hope to use. 
We've got uh, Supervisor Peskin commenting on this. This legislation says we're going to have use policies over existing and future technologies, um, but we want to put the facial recognition technology, um, we want to put that genie back in the bottle. So they're not ruling it out entirely, but they're just saying if you're planning to do any sort of surveillance, facial uh, surveillance, then you've got to come to us and we'll see if we want you to do that or yeah, approve I, it. I'm with San Francisco. I don't like the idea of this. I certainly don't like this becoming a common tool, but I think it's inevitable. It will become a common tool for the government, for the police, for everybody, It'll, and, and we'll all willingly sign up. And this will be the way we, uh, instead of having tickets for your flight or, or whatever, it'll right. be facial recognition and it'll be so handy. We'll all just get used to our faces being logged everywhere we go, all the time, and in a data bank. And you know, it's just where we're, we're going to end up. It is what it is. It is make what the best it is. Of it. Exactly. That's all you can do. You get your leg pulled off, you just say, <laughs> it is what it is, you make the best of it. That's your news. I'm you hop on with your life. <laughs> News. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. If, if eventually tech gets to the point where facial recognition, however they want to track it, is, is essentially the new social security number, right? Where you don't yeah. have this thing, and it makes identity theft near impossible, because you either are who you are or you're not. Does I'm curious at what the points are going to be that people voluntarily say, okay, that's enough for well, there me. Are, there, you know, right. That's one thing this whole thing's got going for it. There are tremendous positive things you can imagine using facial recognition technology for. Mm-hmm. The downside will be used also, though. We will be tracked everywhere we go right. all the time. Yeah. Just and, and it'll be logged somewhere, and that will be accessible by the police or the government or whoever wants to use it. And you know who's leading the way in all this? China. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they've perfected it. Yeah. China. Indeed. Yeah, that was, in fact, that was the article that was in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago on how countries all over the world are using China's system. Yes. And, uh, and and they're mostly using it for bad. We're using it for, hey, wouldn't this be handy instead of plane tickets? So, like Sean's always talking about, we're voluntarily entering into this world. Right. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily, quote-unquote, being tracked if we're broadcasting our locations voluntarily everywhere we go via tagging in our tweets or, right. you know, I... It's a weird, I totally understand the Orwellian fears of it, but I feel like the the path is going to be much different to get there. Yeah, as long as everything we're doing is still deemed legal by the government, but supposing some of your everyday behavior is suddenly deemed illegal oh, and sure. they're tracking you. Sure, you know, how, yeah. you know how things change politically now, things that were okay a couple of years ago. Right. You could be against gay marriage a few years ago, you can't now. For right. instance, a variety of different things. Um, that become politically unacceptable or on college campuses or whatever, Some, the, the things change so fast that all of a sudden there's 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 a video of you doing that thing or saying this or right. going to this group or whatever. Of course that stuff's going to be used in the future. But people like me who don't turn on their private... The, I've got my privacy thing off on my phone all the time. Right. I don't I because I don't want my pictures embedded with my location. I don't I, I don't use my GPS stuff on my phone. But you know I realize I'm fighting against a glacier. It, it's coming. It's going to happen. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to stop it. This ain't good. This ain't good. I got my leg stuck in there, <laughs> and I'm going to have to cut it off. But then you know what? It is what it is. What are you going to do? Ultimately, it was my fault. I love that. Ultimately, it was my fault. Yeah. It is what it is. It is make what the it best is. of it. I got one leg. You can do. I got one leg to make the best of it. <laughs> make huh? the best of I'm it. I'm going to go enter an ass kicking contest. That's what I'm going to do. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what have you been proudest to achieve as governor? Um, I am happy that <laughs> hopefully my kids still know my import, most important job is being their dad. I think the things where... There you, know, you go. So that's the governor of Montana who's now running for president. He was asked what question? What are you most proud of as your time as governor and you, for accomplishing? And you timed it and came up with 15 seconds of, uh... Ah, who? Um, <laughs> well, so... You know, that might have just been a one-off. I don't know. I I, I think you got to be ready with that answer, that kind of a question when you're running for president. We, we grade too much on glibness and being quick on your feet, way more than is necessary for the job. But it is part of the grading system, and that was a uh, that was a long pause on a pretty simple question, and that wasn't a tough one. In fairness, that is one hundred percent of the footage I've seen of this person. Right. But based off of the totality of footage I've seen of this person, you got to go, man. One of the reasons I want to bring him back up again—that's the mayor of uh, Montana, or governor of Montana, rather, Bullock. And he's got some celebrity support, including the dude, Jeff Bridges, who has been a big fan of his for a oh. long time. He's got a number of big-time celebrities that are on his side. So we'll see what happens with that. The dude abides. Um, update on Hot Felon. Do you remember that guy? That's one of my least favorite stories of the last decade. A guy who looked good in his mugshot and was somehow named Hot Felon on the Twitterverse. Became a, a thing. He, like, beat up his girlfriend or something. He's a scumbag. I remember that. Not a good dude. No. Gets out, leaves his his then girlfriend and had a kid with her, and ends up hooking up with an heiress of some sort. An heiress who he apparently has broken up with the heiress. Chloe Green is her name, but she's worth a gazillion dollars, and he's been on her yacht and everything as just a guy who had a good looking mugshot uh, and is and is a scumbag. It would seem and he could have turned his life around, but I don't have any reason to know that he did. 34-year-old hot felon is at the Cannes Film Festival currently with his latest girlfriend, who is somebody important enough to get him into the Cannes Film Festival. So he's doing pretty well for himself. As a guy's got nothing going for him other than the blue eyes in his mugshot. That story just makes me sad on so many levels about the modern world. An anti-vaxxer rally in New York yesterday led by one Robert F. Kennedy Jr., which is a little surprising to some people, but he's big on the anti-vaxxing front. In New York, they've had almost 800 cases of measles. I'm anti-rally, but I don't really know how to show publicly that that's true. <laughs> Hilarious! If that were whisper campaign, show that you're <laughs> anti-rally. Uh, yeah, they've had about 800 cases of measles in New York, which they're, they're considering a public health emergency. And you got Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at this big anti-vaxxer rally leading the charge on why you shouldn't vaccinate your kids. Really? His own family for RFK Jr. has turned against him on, uh, they, they, yes. they, they penned a, <laughs> you like that, they penned an op-ed in Political last week, um, uh, various other Kennedys from the Klan. I love my brother. Please do what he did, not what he says, because he vaccinated his own children. Vaccinate your children, tweeted his sister Carrie Kennedy, and uh, another brother and uncle said in the op-ed piece in Politico that... Right. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is tragically wrong about vaccines. Do not follow his lead. I don't know what what's gotten into him or why he thinks that's the right wow. direction to go, but whatever. 
The latest for the Kennedy clan there. What was another thing I wanted to catch up on? You know, I remember back in the day when, uh, you know, vaccinations and vaccines were just hailed as miracles, as wonder drugs, you know, because so many kids who they kind of are. Well, who no, went they're, through, they're pretty yeah. they're pretty amazing. If, went, you, if you went back hundreds of years and explained yeah. to people how, you know, half your kids that died, they could live with right. this one shot. They'd be amazed by it. Right. That. And it wasn't that long ago where almost all the kids growing up, you get measles, you get mumps, you get chicken yeah. pox. That was the ritual. That's yeah. what happened. Happened. And a lot of those kids didn't make it. Well, Joe's point he keeps making is people forgotten, have forgotten how bad some of these diseases are. Yep. And the idea that any of your kids are going to die, it just nobody expects that to happen or thinks it's really a chance. Outside of a real tragedy, it just doesn't happen. Right. Wasn't that long ago in human history where you're going to lose half your kids? You're certainly going to lose a child it, yes. in, 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 in childhood. It's just part of the deal, which is unimaginable now. Thank God. Some people want to go back the other direction, which is crazy. Uh, what else do I want to... Oh, uh, some people pointing out that... Because we have a lot of listeners that are in tech because we're on the air in a bunch of different radio stations in the world of uh, where tech is in Northern California. A lot of tech hubs. Yeah. We, we cover the whole the whole area of that. Of the face recognition is not 100% accurate. Well, I didn't think it probably was at this point, but I'm sure they'll get it there. I wonder how far off they are. Could any moon-faced, bald-headed gentleman uh, pass for me, or is is it better than that? I've seen with the like the phone unlocking FaceTime or facial recognition things. Now, obviously, the the citywide things are probably slightly more advanced. At least I would hope. I don't know, but yeah, no reason for me to to actually think that. Um, people have been able to fool them by putting it like printing out a color picture of your face, and I put that picture over my face, and then I can open unlock your phone with that. Things like that are, are so worth. I could wear a Sean mask and walk around and uh, yeah, not even a good one. Like literally, just printing it out on a on a piece of paper. Like if that's the future of airline tickets, somebody used that example that we uh, one of our guests this right. week. Uh, airline tickets will be facial recognition. I know you're flying to Hawaii Friday. I get to the airport first. I walk on the plane. I'm off to Hawaii. You're standing out there trying to explain why you're already on the plane. Right, right. And hopefully in that scenario, some of the human employees at this airport realize you're wearing some sort of Sean mask. I guess that's a decent point. There would be some airline employee that would see me with a paper mask on. And yeah, that, sir, that's, that is a rubber band with a piece of printer paper <laughs> Right. Uh, with the face of somebody who appears to be not you. Maybe but, a better example would be for the ATM. ATM stuff, if that's how you... I steal of your, Marshall's ATM card. He goes to the bathroom. I get into his wallet. I get his ATM card. I get a Marshall mask. Yes. I go to the ATM. <laughs> the ATM draws yeah. tens of thousands of dollars. Right. Tens of thousands. All in old-timey quarters. Yeah. And I go buy scratcher <laughs> tickets with it. That's what I do. Hello, Mark Beelzebub Zuckerberg here with you to let you know that the Mark of the Beast tattoos will soon be available. Just keep a lookout at acfacebook.com. Now, final thoughts, Senator. That guy sounds similar to another one we've got. He, he apparently has a voice that he has. I'm your host for Final Thoughts, Jack Armstrong. Uh, Marshall, a final thought. Well, I'm heading out for yet another birthday celebration at a hot bra, offering a wide variety of meats, mashed potatoes, gravy, cakes, and pies. I'll tell you what, meats, mashed potatoes, and gravy is pretty uh, good. Yeah. But when was your actual birth date? It was uh, last week. And you're still celebrating yes. this. Okay. Right. I idolize you, Marshall. Yeah, That's why not? Fantastic. Why not? There is Michelangelo, our board operator, with a final thought. Okay, I've been running today's show with a rock in my shoe all morning. 
It ain't good, but it is what it is, and I'll make the best of it. <laughs> You're just like that farmer. Yeah, what's you going to do? You're just like right. that farmer who lost his cut off his own leg. There's Positive Sean with his final thought. <laughs> yeah, I spent a little time with the dermatologist yesterday. Had a little bit of my back scooped out, but I think it's all good. Uh, do it, Take care of yourself, people. A little self-care, uh, especially on the back. I can't see the back, so it's nice to have somebody take a look at Was it. Was it uh, too much sun-related, do they think? Probably. Like, I've, I've, I got moles. I got a lot of... Every male member of my family has had the Mohs surgery. Yeah. Uh, to, to remove skin stuff, so I'm just very aware and, and try to stay on top of it. Yeah, man, that, that's all sun uh, sun exposure for me, and most of it you got 30 years ago. There's but, not much right. you can do about it now. Yeah, but they never look at the ones that I'm concerned. I'm like, what about this one? Always. Yeah. Always. You go to the doctor. This this really bothers me. No, really bad. That's nothing, but that's something. <laughs> that's something? That, that doesn't look like anything. That's a freckle. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. I've had that happen over and over again, which is why you need to have a professional yeah. look at it. Wow. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Uh, oh, I didn't get to my final thought. Joe's going off to a baseball game with his daughter, and I reminded me i got to get my son or sons to their first-ever baseball game this year. Sam's never been to a Major League Baseball game. That's a tragedy. I've got to correct that this yes. summer. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is... Uh historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. Yeah, we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. It is what it is. Make the best of it is all you can do. Armstrong and Getty.